In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to Awaken180WeightLoss.com. Welcome to the 10th episode of the How Are You Really podcast. Today's episode is going to be a Q&A, just questions that you've sent in about me and other questions about mental health, and I'm going to be doing my best to answer as many of those as I can. So I'm actually really happy we made it to episode 10, because when I started this podcast, I was I filmed and edited the first episode in one day, I didn't really know what I was doing, and I was just decided I've got I want to make it and we'll just see where it goes so I'm so happy that so many people listen and I'm so glad that people find it useful because as long as I help one person then everything I do for this podcast is really worth it so I'm going to start with some questions about me was just kind of structure this so why did I start the podcast I think this is more kind of a broader question of why am I into all this mental health stuff so much. And I think it all really started when my brother died. Um, my brother was called Harry, by the way. And when Harry died, I don't think my school was as supportive as they could have been. And they just didn't really know what to do with me, in my opinion. And I think this is kind of a selfish way of me thinking of it, but... I, before the podcast, I've been trying to improve mental health support in my school and also just break the stigma down and get people to talk about it in this kind of school environment. And I'm at a boarding school, so it's not like we can go home and speak to our parents about this kind of stuff. We're, most of the time, we're all here together. So I think in doing all this mental health, talks and education I've been trying to create the support that I needed when my brother died and because I I don't want something like that to happen to someone else and them not to have that real support net that I really needed at that point in my life so I think there's a lot of my own experiences that have led to making this wonderful podcast and also linking back to my brother he struggled with his mental health sometimes, and I I wasn't as sympathetic or nice about it as I definitely should have been. And I'm not going to get angry at myself for it, because I just didn't know what it was, and I didn't understand depression or any other mental health kind of problems. And I think that everybody needs to understand so they can be kinder to each other about it. 
and making the actual podcast I did all this stuff in school and I was speaking to a a larger amount of people but I just wanted my own platform to speak and to say what I really want to say without having to go through people all the time and obviously I think all mental health conversations I think they're a lot better in person because you can kind of gauge the other person's emotions and you can kind of see where they want the conversation to go but especially with lockdown and stuff I just wanted somewhere where I could speak what I want to say about mental health and try and help as many people as I can rather than always speaking to the same people about mental health and I feel like they know and I just want to help more people. Another question was how am I really doing? Which I think is a funny question because it's literally the name of my podcast but I'm actually quite uncomfortable talking about my mental health which is I think another reason why I try so hard with everything is that I'm much happier helping someone else through their mental health kind of problems or through that struggle but I I don't like talking about my own and I actually got diagnosed with anxiety this week with panic disorder but yeah um so that's what's going on in my life I think I'm doing okay I'm quite stressed out all the time because of exams and work and I've got a lot of stuff going on in my life but as I'm always telling other people what they should be doing to look after themselves I know what I should be doing I just need to make it a bigger priority for me what makes me happy I think lots of things make me happy at school, um, seeing my boyfriend makes me really happy. I'd say he's definitely my best friend too. Um, even my mum bought me some flowers yesterday when she drove past school. That made me very happy. And just being around people. I'm definitely a people person and I don't think I do well on my own, which is why I, why I feel I struggled in lockdown a bit. But yeah, I think... Generally, I'm a pretty happy person. So now I've gone on about me for a while, I'm going to go into the questions that people have asked me about mental health. So to start off, how to deal with pressure and stress with schoolwork. And I think I'm going to make a whole episode about this because I think it's really relevant for a lot of people. But I I need to emphasise that stress is a natural thing and it actually improves your performance, but If you're not managing your stress, it can be really detrimental to your mental health. So I think a good thing when you're feeling quite overwhelmed with everything is write down or identify the main causes of stress and try and think about which ones you can control and also try and think of people or some things that could help you with it and by thinking about which parts of that list that you can get help for to manage them for example like a test go and speak to that teacher and tell them how stressed you are and what you're managing and they can help support you in that and definitely prioritize looking after yourself because of course all these things that are making you stressed are important to you but you should be really the priority of everything and even looking after yourself by trying to get lots of sleep, try and exercise, even if it's just getting out. Um, 
eating healthy and just doing things you find fun because obviously with exams and everything well not exams coming up and other stressful things before the end of the year that they are really put at the top of the priority list for everybody but you really need to do things that you actually find fun second question how to open up to your family and talk to them about mental health this is another thing I struggle with because I'm very close with my family but I think speaking about my mental health with them makes it more real if you get what I mean and for this it's quite a really personal thing because everyone's going to have different relationships with their family you should communicate in whichever way is best for you whether that's face to face whether you're calling them on the phone or even writing them a letter if you're not comfortable directly speaking to them and this is opening up to your family is really all about you being comfortable and as far as you can then being comfortable as well because then there's more likely to be a positive outcome of the situation and you'll find it a lot easier to talk to them about it and with that you need to do it at a time and place where you feel comfortable too and whether that's going out for a walk and talking to them about it if you don't want to speak about it in your home or like I said giving them a call because you don't want to be in the same kind of space as them and during this conversation you could maybe show them a video or a useful description or something you found online if you don't really know how to describe how you feel and this can really help you communicate with them it's really important to be honest and open and in this kind of conversation you should suggest the things they can do to help you because particularly older generations haven't been educated as much about mental health and they don't know what to do and that's okay because they've never been told. So you suggest things they can do to help you feel better in yourself and how to help you with your mental health and don't expect too much from one conversation because to some families in some situations this might co- this conversation might come as a bit of a shock and their reaction might not be very positive but giving them time to process this conversation and to think about how which ways they can support you is really important that you can then build on that conversation the next question is how to prioritize your mental health when you have a friend who's struggling I think in this situation it's really important to have clear boundaries and to encourage them to seek professional help because otherwise this kind, I wouldn't say a burden, but this kind of extra stress on you is going to affect your mental health and if you're both feeling really bad about your kind of mental well-being then you're not going to be able to support each other at all. So ways you can encourage them to seek professional help is to sit with them while they're speaking to a professional on the phone if they have a gp appointment in person you can walk there with them or accompany them to whatever kind of appointment they might have and just being a physical support to them will really help them get this help because sometimes yes they'll agree to have it but actually going to speak to someone is the hardest part of that journey It's really important to do things you enjoy together if you're especially if you're worried about someone because by doing this you're encouraging them to look after themselves but you're also building your relationship together by doing fun things together they're probably more likely to open up to you but 
you're also encouraging them to look after themselves and you're looking after yourself in the same situation. And with this, you can encourage good habits for them. So it's really simple ones such as trying to go to bed early so they get a good night's sleep, eating healthy with them and encouraging them to exercise with you, such as just going for a walk maybe. But in all of this, helping anyone with any kind of mental health problem. You need to make sure you look after yourself and you have time for yourself and that you seek professional help if you need it because in any relationship you are the most important person to you and you need to look after yourself first over anything else in your life. This is a kind of similar question but I've been asked this quite a lot in person as well as for this podcast. So how to help somebody if they don't want to seek professional help? I think in this kind of situation it's easy to be annoyed or react negatively to someone saying this, but it's really important to listen non-judgmentally to any kind of conversation about mental health. And you'll probably disagree with their decision not to seek help, but you have to respect their decision and you need to try not be angry at them. You can also remind them that there is so many different types of support available for them and that obviously you are there as a support however it would be better for both of you if they included more people in this support net and if they spoke to someone who's been trained and knows what to do when you might not know what thing or what to do in some situations it's really important to explore those options together and not to just give them a lot of information because this can be quite overwhelming and they will just kind of block it out because it's stressing them out. And you should ask them what they want, what support they want from you and what they want to get better in however they're feeling. As in these kind of situations, it's really important to be positive and proactive and what do they want to do? They might not want to seek help. However, what do they want to do to improve their mental health? And again, I'll say this so many times in this episode, but you need to look after yourself. And I think in society, we're always kind of pushed to you need to put people before yourself and you need to always look after other people. But you really need to look after yourself in this situation because you're not going to be as good support as you could be. And You don't want your mental health to be affected by all this either. So really look after yourself first in any kind of situation like this. The next question is, what do I do if I hate my body? I think this is a really hard thing because, as particularly with the body, it's not a change you can make straight away. And particularly with body dysmorphia that you're not going to see what you want to see. But... A really positive thing to do is to make a list of things you do like about yourself as a person, so your achievements and your personality as well as your body, because you might hate your body, but as a person you are so much more than what you look like. And it's so important to be kind to yourself, and don't compare with other people around you, and particularly on social media, if you do feel this way about your body, I would definitely have a look at your social media and see who you're following and what celebrities or influencers post that you see and 
those things might be affecting your body image and I think it would definitely be worth not seeing those anymore and I think it's really important to talk to somebody you trust to get support and to surround yourself with really positive people but if you're around lots of people who comment on their body in a very negative around body image then that's going to affect you even if you weren't worried about your body image before so as always if you think you need extra support seek professional help that's the best thing in this situation but also daily affirmations i know this sounds kind of cringy but if you have a mirror get either a post-it note or put some revision cards next to the mirror and write daily affirmations that look in the mirror and tell yourself you're beautiful and that you're smart and you're an amazing person and you're really loved by everybody and that can actually make such a big difference. Next question is how do I support someone grieving? I have done a whole podcast episode about this so if you want to know more about this kind of subject then go back and listen to that episode but the kind of three key points in this is just be there to listen and that you just being there listening to them will show that you'll support what they're going through and you're there for them and if you don't know how to support them and all grief is unique so definitely ask them what support they want from you because they might want some support from someone but your relationship isn't right that that would work the same for you and that you they may have lost someone in the past but the different relationship with this other person they've lost that's all going to affect the grief and it's all going to be different so if in doubt just ask and as always look after yourself because they are going to be solely concentrating on their own grief and this might affect your relationship that they don't have the energy to put effort into your relationship as much so if you've got any kind of stress or mental illness going on you really need to put yourself first now we're on to quite a heavy question but how to help if someone you know is suicidal and with all of this I obviously don't know so I've looked all of this up on Samaritans so this is where I've got all my information from so you always need to call 999 or whatever ambulance number is in your country if you think they're in immediate danger and an ambulance crew will never be angry at you if you call 999 and nothing happens if you know what I mean because they would rather come and support that person even if nothing happens I think it's important to ask them directly if they're having suicidal thoughts as evidence shows this can actually give them permission to talk about how they're feeling and you're showing them that this isn't a burden for just them to carry and they can open up to you because you're there to listen to them. And with this you can encourage them to speak about how they're feeling and within that conversation you can kind of promote them to seek professional help and you need to tell them how important and how loved they are because you need to tell them that all this effort to seek professional help they deserve all this help and you want them to get better because so many people love them I think that's a really important point 
I saw this on the Samaritan's website, but if you're really worried about them, you can help them create a safety plan, which you can physically get off their website, and I'll put the links down in the description as usual. But this safety plan includes how to spot they might be nearing crisis, and if people don't know that what, what that means, that means that they're thinking about completing suicide. Um, coping mechanisms for them themselves to try that can try and take their mind off it and something they can do to change how they're feeling. So this might be watching TV with someone, playing sport with someone, seeing their dog or something like that. How family and friends can help distract this person from suicidal thoughts and obviously this depends on the situation, the relationships they have but this safety plan isn't just available to the person but is also available to those friends and family around them and their close support so they also know what to do in these kind of situations. Within this a list of contacts that you can call to navigate a crisis so family, friends, that kind of thing, that they know what they should do. So maybe if you don't know this person, then these are the people you can call to get through this. And also a list of mental health organisations or professionals and their contacts to get help if this situation happened. And it's also important to make it harder for the person to harm themselves when they're feeling like this. And to just keep talking to them and keep telling them how important they are because this can really kind of try and help them out of this dip and make them think a bit more positively. And honestly speaking to people can make them feel a lot better that this isn't just something that they have to hold on to and manage themselves and there are so many other people that are willing to help them with how they're feeling. And for the about 10th time this episode, please look after yourself. This is obviously a really, really stressful situation and a really horrible situation to be in if you know someone who is suicidal. But you are really important and to be able to support this person, you really need to look after yourself. And I think it's totally fine to ask for professional help with how to support someone and to how to get support in your individual situation because everyone is different. And everyone will need different support if they think a friend is suicidal. And I was going to finish the episode with what are some useful mental health apps? So I actually have this one, but it's called Clear Fear. And it's really good if you're feeling anxious and it helps you track your mood as well. It's got lots of information, help and breathing exercises. And it's also got kind of little program thing if you're having a panic attack that guides you through it and helps you feel safer if you're in that situation. Blue Ice is another one that can help manage emotions and kind of track your mood and they can help you identify what triggers poor mental health and it also can reduce urges to self-harm with different kind of mental exercises and meditation, music and relaxation. Think Ninja is another one, but this one's more aimed towards kind of 10 to 18 year olds using CBT principles to address stress and 
learn more about mental health. And all of these apps are free and and I'll be putting a bigger list of different apps and stuff in the description if you want to have a look at that kind of thing. Thank you to everyone who sent in questions. If I haven't answered your question in this episode, I'm saving up for a more targeted episode on the question coming up. So I'll get round to all of them eventually. I hope you're all looking after yourselves right now. And thank you for making it to the 10th episode of my podcast. In business, you rarely hear the expression for life. You make a purchase for a product, for a service, and, and there's, a, there's a time frame there. Well, that's not the case with Awaken 180 weight loss. Allow me to explain. You know, a year ago, I started with Awaken 180 weight loss and had incredible success losing weight. But you can lose all the weight in the world and not keep it off. And what good is it? That's why I have support for life from Awaken 180. Yeah. I mean, I go back for check-ins and make sure everything's going smoothly. But if I ever had a problem, the counselors are there to get me back on track. Why don't you do what I did and call for a consultation? 844-346-1800. 844-346-1800. Or go to awaken180weightloss.com.